Yesterday's beef. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is why you shouldn't make toys out of gold plastic. That is exactly why you shouldn't. Hello. Hello, gold plastic fans out there. <laughs> hey, don't crumble. You're listening to the Boog Doom Coos. The Boog Doom Coos. Uh, a pop culture podcast of all things that don't really matter, but we're going to die one day, so what the hell? This guy, this guy's got it. I figured it out. This, guy's, this guy's got it. I'm Chris Q Anon Johnson. <laughs> and I am Matt Mint on Seal Card G2 Slingshot Watson. Um... <laughs> oh. Hello, welcome to the show. Yeah, people have already tuned out based on like yeah. our opening, so yeah. hello to those who stuck around. Hello, you three people and a cat. Yeah. Um, or three cats and one person. Three cats and a people. Uh, today! We broadcast exclusively to the citizens of ancient Egypt, apparently. Today, on on the Big Damn cast, we're not talking about the Meg. No. 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 Not yet. Not yet. That's coming. That's coming. Um, Brace your Stathams. We're, we're, we're organising uh, a cinema trip. Uh, but we are talking about a little bit of news, because not much has gone on. And we're also going to share our thoughts on some of the upcoming movies for the rest of this year, and also for... Beyond! Da, 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 da. And also, get some emails out of the way. Um, Indeed it does. Hello. Hello. Here is the first news item. Shuffling papers. We've got paper props. We could, you know, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a green old bag. Green old bag. I don't want your soggy sausage roll leavings. Oh no, I had a, I had a Scooby-Doo gingerbread. Oh-ho! Because I'm a prince among men. You know what they started doing at work. Oh, I... Gingerbread bears wearing the um, the apron. Really? Bear Easters. Okay, now you've won me over again now. I, I've called them that. No one else has called them that. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Do you call them that to customers' faces? No. Do you go like, would you like a Bear Easter? No, because I, I never try and push. I never try and push things on customers. Also, because I try and spend most of my shift not talking to anyone. So I don't let out the uh, existential ennui that I feel when I'm forced to work a retail job. Instead of pursuing my creative endeavours. I have no such luxury in the field of customer service. No, no, no. As my customers tend to linger at the counter for quite a long while. Usually because they're either indecisive <laughs> of their cigarette choice or drunk. Why I not have, both? I have to speak to them. Yes. Some um, of them are lovely. I have to speak to them, to be fair. But I try and minimise my interactions. Um, you could you could get them to... to you get the nice ones to have a, a fun little moment and get the horrible ones to leave quickly in disgust by introducing them to the concept of Beristas. I know it's against, I know it's against your, your personal uh, raison d'etre, but if you go, could I interest you in a Beristas? Nine, nine out of ten would go... No, thank you. And move on with their day. One out of ten would go, that's really funny. Yes. You're fun. And then you'd probably have a nice little chat for a moment. Yeah, and no, then... I don't want to chat to people. No, no, no. I know you don't want to chat to people. But if you chat to nice, lovely people, then the other lazy fuckers can do all the rest of the stuff behind you while you have a lovely customer service moment. That's, that's true. And I'll get recognition for customer service. Because one of those nice fuckers will write in and say, that guy was really nice. And like just, the bloke who sent me at Five Guys. That's like, I am actually sending a, a compliment just, to Five Guys to compliment this lovely man. I don't want to talk to them about gingerbread bears. I want to talk to them about 
the casting spark for Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Damn it, he hit me with a segue. <laughs> and it's, there's not much room in this office, so I had to really, really isn't, isn't manoeuvre that. That was full of, of like eBay shite. I hit you with a segue. <laughs> Slap me with this big old I've got flaccid an, I've got an eBay change. box next to our bed at the moment, and I caught one of the envelopes in it with my foot last night and scared the shit out of the cat. Oh my god. It was good. Because I dangle my foot out of the bed because I'm a fiddler. Um, anyway, <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. Please rephrase that. I'm a fiddler. Um, <laughs> on the roof. Get uh, Star Trek Discovery. I am the fiddler. Has added, I have a fife. <laughs> the fiddler. Uh, Star Trek Discovery has added actor Ethan Peck. Yes. Ethan Peck as the Enterprise's half Vulcan crew member, Mr. Spock. If you will remember, the um, trailer from Comic-Con had some references to Spock, and he's also the adoptive brother of Michael Burnham, the um, the Discovery's uh, lead character. And, yeah, he's obviously going to factor into Season 2. His father, Sarek, was a, a big part of Season 1, the as, was, season one yeah. as was his mother, whose name I can't recall, Amanda... Lady person. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda Spock. No, Amanda something. Um, What's the Spock? Played by Ron Ryder in the 2011 the... Star Trek reboot. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, Yes, so he's he's best known for his roles, according to this article, um, in Passport to Paris, that 70s show, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, 10 Things I Hate About You, In Time, Madam Secretary, and The Curse of Sleeping Beauty, and also is the grandson of actor Gregory Peck. Nepotism! Um, <gasps> well, no, I'm sure it's more a case if he got into it because of his grandson. He's a member of a Hollywood dynasty, and doors open for him because of his name. Um, <laughs> or his Gregory Becker. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Uh, no, I mean, he looks, he's a very handsome man. Um, so, yeah, sure, why not? Ethan Peck is Spock. Alex Kurtzman had some nice things to say to him. Say to him? Say about say him. Say to him. About You're a good kid, kid. He's, he's It's his usual spiel about I shan't have you murdered. Oh, we were looking for a Spock who would do all the things Spock does. And Spock is yes. someone who can fill the shoes of... Of the Leonard Spocks Nimoy and, and Zachary Quintos, the Spocks. And this guy, he can do all the things a Spock can do. So he's going to be our new Spock because he embodies all the things that Spock is. Ethan Peck. Ethan, Ethan Peck. Peck. Can he play Spock? What well, the heck? Yeah, why he's not? got a face. He's got arms. That's all you need. Now stick some ears on his face. <laughs> on his face? Well, just on his face. Not on the side of his head. On his yeah, ears. Yeah, the on left ear, the right ear, and the final front uh, ear. Hey, 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 Terrible. Oh, um, we just got rated down. Oh, no. Why are you still listening to us? So, yeah, that's happening. We're getting some more Spock. Did you want more Spock? I No. Okay. And I'll tell you for why. Why? Because it makes these worlds smaller. Yes. So we revisit the same characters again and again. Um, as, as, as you know, it, it's been said a lot, uh, about Star Wars and, and I think Red Light Media said it about yeah. it in their last Jedi review. They said that, that these, these worlds become like these unlimited worlds of possibility become so limited and restricted because we keep revisiting the same people, the same corner of space. And when you try and break away from that, you get a huge portion of the fan, well, a very vocal portion of the fan base going, mm. eh, we don't want you to do that. We yeah. want you to keep doing Way. Which is why things um, like um, the Star Wars stories are annoying because 
they did that with the first one, regardless of how you feel about it. Like Rogue yeah. One was okay. We're going to tell a story that's adjacent to the one you know, but it's new people, and you're and going to see new. There things. was enough fan service in there to keep. Yeah, to to keep it sort of to tick those boxes. But then connected. the next Star Wars story was about a character from the series. Yeah, so it's like okay. Now I'm not saying that can't be a new territory, but at least do new have that character be the one thing, please. That is something we know, and everything else is new, please. But like Discovery, Discovery was definitely in its opening episodes. It's reliant on the mythology of the show. I've but not, then it carves yeah. out its own identity a bit it, more. It's carving out a bit more of a niche. So the uh, fact that it's itself. now going, Series 2, it's Pike! It's Spock! It's like... It's the Enterprise! Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not the same. Um, just, so just yeah. Like, go, on past, go on to pastures new... To boldly go where no one has gone before. It's your bloody mission statement. <laughs> to boldly go where no one has gone before again. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's the tagline for the series yes it's sorted um, boom shakalaka to boldly go where no Marvel film has gone before except they have but this time all of them are going yeah I'm Max I Max I'm Max I my name's not Max um and Marvel films all 20 of them all 20 of the MCU are getting IMAX re-releases in the States. Yeah, no cl- no uh, information as to whether it's going to get a UK counterpart as yet, but I imagine mm. if it's successful, they'll attempt something. It's called the Marvel Studios 10th Anniversary Film Festival, and it's running in IMAX cinemas alongside a Harry Potter marathon that's taking place at the same time in other theatres. Wow. So they time that badly. Uh, wow. or, or, or they're confident that they'll smash the competition. But it's happening at US IMAX theatres, different ones throughout the US, from August 30th to September 6th. That's... So it's a crash film course, but it's not like the the, the, the 70-odd hour marathons that they've done before in the lead-up to Yeah, but it's still like a couple of movies a day. It's a good few. I've got the list here, but it's also it's significant because it's the IMAX... Uh, it includes Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. Which is a surprise, but I guess they've got enough deals now that Sony are like, it's, yeah, fine, yeah. it's part of your thing. Show I would imagine that distribution rights with that fall with Marvel. Um, but it is also the IMAX debut of Iron Man, yes. The Incredible Hulk, yes. and Captain America the First Avenger. Uh. Because from the original run, only Iron Man 2 and Thor pre-Avengers had IMAX releases. Uh. Aye, Max. So here's the plan as it stands. August 30th is Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2 and Thor. Woof. Yeah. August 31st, Captain America the First Avenger, The Avengers... Iron Man 3 and Thor the Dark World. September 2. Uh, September 2. September 1st. Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. Ant-Man. Yes. September 2. Captain America Civil War. Doctor Strange. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, by the way, hashtag rehire James Gunn. Yes. Uh, carry on. Uh, September 3. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Black Panther. Avengers Infinity War. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and then... It just starts again? A couple mini-marathons. September 4, the Origins Marathon. Iron Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther, Doctor Strange. One of those things is not like the other. Yeah. September 5th, Team-Ups Marathon. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yes. Captain America Civil War. Yes. The Avengers. Yes. And Infinity War. Yes. And September 6th is Fan Choice Day. That's a vote that is ongoing. So, like, a selection of three to four films is going to be picked for that night. Um, So the way they're doing this is, if you want to go hardcore, you can do it on one, two, three, four, 
five, six nights. Jeez. Six nights in a row, you could go hardcore and marathon all of them. So if you somehow that week are working like till you know 2 p.m 3 p.m then you can go have a nap have a shower get something to eat and then go to the pictures and watch a bunch of films for six days in a row go for it like fair enough yeah because here's the thing the ticket prices are starting from as low as yeah you ready for this 17 dollars eight bucks that's not that low per night that's quite low so it's not per film per night Okay. For comparison, one adult ticket to an IMAX screening of the Meg is $21.99. Fuck a duck. So, for $8, you're getting four films a night. See? That's pretty good. But it also means you can pick and choose, I think. Like, I look at that and I go, I do not have the time nor the money to do all of that. However. However. I'll go and watch, like, the Winter Soldier Guardians night. I'll go watch the Infinity War night for the crowd reaction. And I might go and watch, like, the team-up night or something. You know what? That sounds like a perfect opportunity to use your movie pass. <laughs> Through Fandango, you can hide... Wait, hang on. No, not Fandango, no! Oh, um, poor movie pass. How long do you think until <laughs> Odeon, uh, uh, Limitless and Cineworld and all that shit go the same way as movie pass? I they hope they... Just run out of money. <laughs> I hope they don't, because... Well, I hope if they do, they at least, because of contractual obligation, have to keep up the membership of everyone who already has one. Oh no. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, we entered into an agreement, Odeon. We did. We entered into an agreement. There'll be some smart And it's a rolling agreement. It only cuts off if I cancel it. That is in your contract. I can only not have to pay my Limitless if I request to cancel it. And you have to give, I think, like a month's advance thingy so that you can have a month's worth. Um, But it's like, so you ain't fucking taking my Limitless movies away, you bastards. You ain't taking my movies away. I've seen the Meg on Friday. Hopefully the weekend I'm going to go see Christopher Robin. Because, mm. you know, like, I'm a silly old bear. Um, mm. That's the sound Winnie the Pooh makes when he poos. <laughs> they say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. He's a wise bastard. <laughs> he is a wise bastard. I still want to know what the deal is with the Chris O'Dowd Tigger thing. I still want to know if it ever was genuine or if it was an announcement and then it never happened. Interesting, yeah. Because Tigger didn't speak for the first trailer, the, the teaser or the first trailer, and then he speaks so much in the last one, and it's definitely Jim it's Cummings. absolutely Jim Cummings. So it's like, what's the catch? I also want to hear how Pete Capaldi sounds as Rabbit. Oh. Hmm. I also learned one thing. Peter that maybe... Ribaldi. Oh. Ah! Throbbing Pete meat. Um, I also learned one thing that I wish I hadn't learned before seeing the movie. Um, apparently, like, they're real. They are all real. Yes. Like, other characters see them and interact with them. Yes. Doesn't that kind of ruin the point of what they are? Uh, mm, uh, mm, and also, it makes Rabbit and Owl more terrifying. Because it means at least two of them are talking animals, not fictional talking teddies. Mm, yes. The hell is this? And also... It's, it's actually Also, hell. it made me randomly remember that Max Landis Comic-Con pitch for yes. a Winnie the Pooh movie, which was about four and a half, five years ago. Yes. Which does make you think, hang on. Hang on. Did someone watch that and go, we're not going to do that, but let's do a grown-up Christopher Robin movie where his friends come to help him out in an adult situation. Maybe. Also, fuck Max Landis. Yeah, fuck Max Landis. Um, I mean, read American Alien, but read but, it illegally if you can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're not encouraging piracy. But we are encouraging you going to my eBay store to bid on the individual issues because I have put them up as a as a bundle. Yes, because I've got the yard cover now, so I don't need them. 
Um, sell the hardcover <sighs> as well because fuck Max Landis. And you've read it. Um, also, I've already I've already given him the money. It's too late. <laughs> also, Peter Cullen's in it, so he's not. He's not Eeyore. He's not Eeyore in the movie. It's Brad Garrett. No! I know, right? Yes. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> because you know, they're all they were all slab castings apart from Pooh Bear because I guess they thought we can't not have that voice. Like it would not work. And I think that's what must have been what happened with Tigger, and then they just changed their mind and went, Sod it, we've got Jim Cummings, let's do Tigger. To be fair, it does a good sound it does a good job of sounding like Peter Cullen. It does. Um But it's also weird because it's like so Peter Capaldi's rabbit, in all recent animated iterations of Winnie the Pooh. Craig Ferguson has been Owl. Huh. And those two were best mates and got high together a lot in the 70s and were in a band, a punk band together. <laughs> yeah, in the 70s. In the 70s. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Definitely in the 70s. Then Craig carried on through the 80s and then went through rehab because he was like, this is a serious yes, problem. I have an issue. <laughs> um, um, and then tries to get Peter Capaldi to open up about times they did shit on his one appearance on Craig Ferguson's Late Late Show. It's on YouTube. It's worth a watch. Oh, nice. Because it was when he was out there promoting uh, In The Loop. Oh, yeah. And they, uh, in true Craig Ferguson style, barely talk about the thing that they're to promote, but they mostly just talk about getting high and absolutely destroyed and stuff. But Capaldi does it in a way where he's obviously thinking in his head, I'm not going to say too much. Yeah. It's probably a good thing to... Um, but, but Craig Ferguson once wrote a book and it contains entire chapters about the machines getting fucked up. So... Good. It exists. Good. Enjoy, everybody. Good. Uh, if you're missing the 12th Doctor, what's wrong with you? Uh, if you're missing Peter Capaldi, go read some Craig Ferguson stuff. On the subject of fucked up... Yeah. So, you told me today that Sony have announced more not Spider-Man movies. <sighs> Sony. Right, Sony. Re- <laughs> Sony, re- real, real talk, Sony. Real talk. Look, listen, guys. You do so good. You do so well. You do. Your family films, getting so much better. Forget that emoji thing. It was a hiccup. But you, you've been doing so well. And, and your, your games, your console. Like, look, we'll get the third party, like profile share thing sorted all right you can't stick to that forever you'll come you'll come to but aside from that you're doing all right over there guys why are you fucking up spider-man for everybody yeah you don't have to fuck up spider-man for everybody no they do i mean you, you finally got that venom movie coming out that you've wanted since the 90s no, and... no sorry that avi arad has wanted since sorry the, the avi arad movie that he's desperately the, the, wanted the avi arad have, movie that venom has wanted since the 90s what are you we are avi arad <laughs> You, you finally have making that happen. That's fine. And hey, I've heard that apparently you're editing it so that it won't be R-rated anymore and it will be PG-13. I'm not sure how I feel about that. No, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But at least that way, you can possibly absorb it into the MCU later, at a later date. Fine. As long as there's a good story to tell and Venom can actually play up against the character that makes him interesting. Great. Brilliant. Happy for you. You're talking about a silver and black movie, a silver, sable and black cat film, which makes no sense. Head of an espionage, like a tactical assassinations unit for her country and a cat burglar teaming up. Now, I know the only reason I know the only reason you're doing this is because Amy Pascal had a big thing about wanting more female centric action movies about six years ago, which is a good thing. But only if done right. You didn't do it right once already. 
You really fucked up the legacy of a comedy movie and angered a lot of people by making a mediocre improv film with cartoony graphics in it that upset folk, alright? We've moved on from Ghostbusters 2016, but just forcing movies together from known properties isn't going to help that environment in cinema. You've got to make good movies. You've got to make good, sturdy movies that will wake up the idiots who still don't like the idea of female-led action films and family films, alright? Wakey, wakey. But you don't do that by forcing just the two female characters you can think of from Spider-Man together into a film. That's not how that works. Mostly as well, because name recognition will do you sod all in this case. It's an average cinema goer and fan of Spider-Man who doesn't really read it has no freaking clue who Silver Sable or Black Cat are. Most people are probably going to think a Black Cat movie is a Catwoman movie. They're going to get confused, son. And look at, look at what happened with that last time. Also, just on visual aesthetics, it's two ladies with silver white hair. Right? Okay, that's... I mean, everything's going to have the same colour scheme. You're probably going to overlace it with blue. And you're going to have to really redesign Black Cat if you want it to be a feminist empowerment movie. Exactly. But not just that, guys. Spider-Man characters, supporting characters, don't make for good stories of their own. It's not a thing. Venom, sure, there might be enough sort of hardcore we are punks and rebels and shit from the early 90s who love that character who still want to go and see him. Same folks who turned out for Suicide Squad. They all smelt a pot, they all looked dirty, and they all went to Hot Topic afterwards to buy the t-shirt. <laughs> you could do that with Venom, maybe, but... I Silver Sable Harley Black Cat. She is the wallpaper on my phone. I wish she was my girlfriend. Silver Sable Black Cat. Actual conversation I had with an actual human being once. Silver Sable Black Cat. Not quite the same. Similarly, Sinister Six doesn't work as a movie unless they've all fought Spider-Man and you've built up to the idea of them being resentful. Plus, they're all meant to be bad guys. You can have sympathetic traits in there, but they're all meant to be villains. Baddies. That the good guy topples. Not morally grey characters. It's a simple good versus evil Saturday morning cartoon. Giving them their own movies doesn't work. But now you've fucked up again, haven't you? Because not only have you announced that Joker Boy Leto is going to be Morbius at some point in his own film, you've now announced a new film. Sony, we don't need Craven the Hunter. I'd like to see Craven the Hunter in a Spider-Man movie. That'd be freaking boss. I'd love that. I would adore that, especially with the homecoming tone. The idea that everything's just a little bit daft and a little bit off kilter and a little more low-key than the rest of the Marvel films. Pun intended. Craven the Hunter and a Spider-Man movie against Tom Holland would be amazing. Craven the Hunter, the character whose sole existence in the world of Marvel comics is because he decided that hunting animals was boring now and he wanted to hunt superhumans and start with this elusive Spider-Man guy, will not work in a story where he's not hunting Spider-Man. Doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't. It doesn't work. So, I'm going to round it off this way, Sony. You round it off, Chris. Stop making a things. Stop making all of the things. Just work with Marvel Studios, okay? Work with them. Maybe maybe find some right share to stick some of these Spider-Man properties <clears throat> and characters you've got to, to appear in the Netflix shows or, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That way, you can make a bit of the money. And you can keep Spidey. And you can have fun telling good stories. Let them... Embrace you in their talons. Hold you close. I just, Um, I just thought mm, I'd say all that calmly because, you know, as far as news goes, I just think there is. I'm not, I'm not getting sick of superhero comic book movies because I love that stuff. I love those things and I like the stories being told well. I love my boobs. But there is a slight oversaturation looming at this point. Yeah. So as long as we know that there aren't a stupid amount of announced but not yet necessarily confirmed superhero movies on the way, I think I'll be fine. Well, what's next, Matt? I've got a big list. 
of the full sci-fi fantasy and genre movie release schedule. Full of announced and some confirmed, some unconfirmed releases around the comics sci-fi fantasy sinkhole. The uh, the black hole of neckbeards, if you will. Um, here's what we've got coming up <clears throat> for the next... Uh, ho The rest of this year and... Uh, no sugar in mine, Chris, thanks. Well, it's um, it's just you and me, constant listener. Um, now we can we can pivot to what I really, really want to talk about. In 1984, Hasbro released a line of transforming toys. Um, oh, the real world was out. There. Oh, sorry. I didn't like it. <laughs> you what? just saved the listeners hmm? from a fate worse than death. You were going to kill them. And then bring them back and review their death. Yes. And make them sit there and watch it. <laughs> and then post it on YouTube. That is, um, quite, that is quite horrible. That's morbid. Anyway, let's get peppy, shall we? Let's talk about wastes of time in the future. Well, <laughs> the Meg's the Meg's out. We're going to see that next week. Yeah, looking forward to the Meg. Um, I've read Jason Statham, been... Giant Shark. Apparently, yeah, I've read one thing about it, which basically said it is the it's the blandest version of what you can expect, and yet it is also exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, and the blandness isn't necessarily that it's a eh, film, it's that it's it's verging on not as outlandish as it should be because it's appealing to every audience. Because it's, it's a Melodon. A, because after The Great Wall, this is yeah. the next like big Hollywood China co-production. So it's like, oh, so what you're saying is they don't go far enough in some yeah. places. yeah. Because they're like, we don't want to upset other people like overseas, but all the same, there is as much as you'd want in there from it. I- I'm still excited. <laughs> I just want to see Statham. I'm, it's I'm, like, it's a Megalodon. And then no one ever mentioned it's that name again and just call it the Meg. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've still got a packed year to come. Next month, packed like a cyst. Next month, we finally have the return of one of movies' greatest monsters. Oh, the Predator, September twelfth in the UK, September fourteenth in the US. We're gonna talk shit about that. We're mm. gonna talk maybe good shit, maybe bad shit. We're gonna talk about it. I think, gonna, I, think it. I think it's time for a Predator episode with our eyes. I think it's time for a. Predator it will be time for a Predator soon. episode soon. Soon. I got hold of reprint <laughs> of. Um, the first like big volume reprint of the original Dark Horse comics, um, which is one of the things that got me into Aliens and Predator in the first place. Um, and I started reading Concrete Jungle, which is the first like Predator standalone comic. Yeah, the one which, where, uh, which the game ended up becoming based on. The, I don't think the game is based on the comic directly because... The, oh no, yeah, it, it, take, comic, it takes visual cues yeah. and stuff. But yeah, because I, I remember you could collect parts of the like yeah. splashes of the comic in the game like there was hidden items because stuff. it's um it the main the main character in it is um Dutch Schaefer's brother who is similarly stacked but is a New York de- is a hotshot New York detective instead of a former US Army Special Forces does he or does he not vaguely rescue member? vaguely uh, resemble Arnie by any chance I'll show but in you. that slight copyright free not exactly there what. sort of way I've got Wait, the collection on here I'll show you is this the blonde one with the metal arm no that's from the action that's figures. from the that's from the no that's from the, the Capcom fighting game and that is Dutch isn't it yeah like that is Dutch they just decided that yeah Arnie's character gets over the events of the first movie 
wields a cybernetic arm and oh yeah he's so that's, ve- that's the general from the first film right and so they, why why is it Dutch's so, brother then they why sort of imply that Dutch is dead because that the last that he heard of him he was going into he was going on to the mission that is in the first Predator that's the last that his brother heard of so him. implying that something happened after the chopper got him out of there yeah so he got to the chopper and then the chopper got well, him. I think there's other pieces of expanded universe media that imply that he died of radiation poisoning after the fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> because how stupid is that? Because of a nuke. Because it was supposed to be a nuke on the thing. But, that is stupid. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Um, I'd be delighted if in the Predator we got like a scene that they'd not announced yet, where we just sort of see they talk about testimonies, and amongst them we just see an older Dutch answering questions he's answered a thousand times to somebody although, 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 that would be a really nice surprise so it'd be like oh shit he lived and for the rest of his life the government kept being like right tell us more about this shit and he's like I've told you fucking everything leave me alone I've told you everything I know let me go and see my brother let me get let me go see in New York my blonde brother <laughs> don't make me hit you with my giant cybernetic no. arm <laughs> also did you notice my sun dyed blonde hair <laughs> come laughs at your four winds um, <laughs> so the predator it's coming out I'm looking forward to it I like Shane Black as a writer um yeah, yeah, nice guys. Yeah. Iron Man three, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, down to see, I'm down to see his take on the Predator. I watched the first three Lethal Weapon movies in one sitting mm. over last, last Easter. Damn, that wasn't my folks. Why and would you we do like, that to yourself? What should we do with the rest of the day? We will drink and watch the Lethal Weapon, and then we, and I've got a box set of, the, of, of four, the first, all four of yeah. my DVD. So do you mean and, all three? Well, all three, and, and then that and other the, one. the other one. Um, and yeah, I'm just, <laughs> we just oh, I got to the end of the first one. We're like, what should we do? Put the next one. <laughs> I got to the end of that one. Oh, what should we do now? Put the next one. In. It's got Joe Pesci in it. <laughs> it was just that was, that was the that was the reasoning. It was so we ended up watching the three. We can't crack on with the next one. We can't. Joe Pesci's no, in it. No, yeah, yeah, it's fine. One. It's fine. Um, what should uh, we do with a drunken Matthew? Full of what chocolate. What should we do with a drunken and booze on Easter? Watching Lethal Weapon. What a day. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Shane, like Shane Black, Predator is out soon. Looking forward to it. Do you think because um, he can't be in the movie, another character's going to be making copious pussy jokes to compensate for the fact he can't be in well, it? Well, there is a hint of that in the trailer, isn't is it? Keegan Michael Key's character yeah. is like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, maybe it's good. Maybe it's, it's going to be. I have a feeling it's going to be a Shane Black ass Shane Black movie. Yeah. Um, Boyd so, Holbrook looks like he's gonna like yes lead it rather yeah, well. I think so because he's he's charismatic as fuck. Yeah, but he's yeah. also one of those actors who could get lost in the mix, possibly of of all the different because he films does he's he does in. look very generic. He looks very Hollywood, mm. very classic. Like I see him and go, is that is that Topher Grace from twenty years ago? <laughs> Topher Grace now looks like a slightly older Topher Grace. Well, yeah, that's how As aging it, works. No, but in a, in a way where it's like <laughs> looking at you, looking at you, look at him like um, Spider Man three two thousand seven, and you look at him in Interstellar, which was two thousand fourteen, fifteen, two thousand fifteen, yes. I think. And it's sort of it's the, between that. It's like you know eight years. Yeah, but he looks about ten years older. But in that way, where you're like, you still don't look as old as you probably are. Listen, Spider Man three aged him. If you know what I'm talking about. 
Can he have a, can he have a cameo in the new Venom movie as real Eddie Brock? Real Eddie Brock. At the end, at the end, they just reveal it. It's like I was actually Eddie Brock the whole time. In fact, this is a spin-off of Spider-Man Three, bitches. And I've told Maguire walk in and just dance. <laughs> oh, hot lips. Um. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Tango um, this. I don't know when we're getting it over here, but in the states. <laughs> Uh, on October 12th Goosebumps 2 mm. Haunted Halloween yeah let me which, see what the UK release date is uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed but if it's anything like the first Goosebumps it'll be about five months later which makes no sense why would you release a movie called Haunted Halloween in fucking February they'll probably you... just go, when they release it here they'll probably just call it Goosebumps 2 but mmm mmm I really it's... enjoyed the first one it was Sony it was Sony in their current live action family film uh, pattern where the film is just pretty damn solid and has a lot of good stuff in it. Um, but it also kind of looks like a bit of a rehash in a way. Because it is just Slappy summons a bu- bunch of monsters. Which was sort of the plot of the last one. So it's like, oh, okay. It is uh, a, It is apparently slated for October 12th in the UK at the moment. So No trails or posters over here. That's, that's interesting. Knows? Good cast though. Good fun cast. Because that's only a few weeks away. But yeah. I mean, yeah. You like the Goosebumps. I do like I'm, the Goosebumps. I am... I am uh, Got a few of them on that shelf up there. A little treat for you. I'm going to borrow them. <laughs> oh, I see. Stay out um, of the basement's a popular... Stay a popular out fave. of the basement. Actually, I've got the Haunted Mask one. as well. Read that Which one. is probably the best one. I think I've read like the first 30 of the original what series. What have I got? I've got Monster Blood, Welcome to Dead House, Haunted no. Mask, uh, Night of the Living Dummy, uh, Stay Out of the Basement. I've, I've oh. definitely read... Yeah, I've got to read the first 30 or so. Blink, 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 blink. In the original... Um... <laughs> oh, look at the pages blown out into the world. All the scary stuff that's out there. That dog's eyes just glowed yellow. <gasps> that woman on the poster looks sad. She looks sad now. Oh, is that... Yes. Oh. oh. I'm, now, I'm now not intimidated by um, these pages. Yes. Bedabum, bedabum, bedabum. Billboards, beware. You're, You're going to look a bit a sad scare. now. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, in the original UK, and watch like anyone born after two thousands. Like the hell are you talking? I had, about? The, I had uh, Night in Terror Tower on VHS. It was great. Oh, so um, yeah. With his, I'm R.L. Stein, and I write the Goosebumps books. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm R.L. Stein, author of the Goosebumps books. <laughs> Tonight's this... tale is like, like you know Rod, you know Rod Serling, <laughs> you know, you know, you know Rod, Rod Serling. <laughs> Who is? You know Crypt Keeper. Who is? Oh, <laughs> like... <laughs> Give him a few years. Um... <laughs> October night Mowgli, which has now been picked up by Netflix. Netflix, um, which is both beneficial to the distribution of the movie. I think it will. I think it will be seen by more people this way. Yeah, I think so. But it's also heartbreaking to think how much effort and love that uh, Weta and and Circus have poured oh, into this. I mean, I mean, the whole process for it to have been put back has just been fucking ridiculous, hasn't put, it? It was put back like three times and then the release was delayed. Like, they've had this film ready for about two years. Yeah. Um, And they decided to wait until the the, the hype of the Disney uh, live action Jungle Book died down before bringing it out. And I think what's happened is Warner Brothers have no confidence in it. Yeah. So they sold it to Netflix to make back the cost and some on top of it. And they're considering it as... A, it's not a loss, because they made back the cost and they've made a little bit more. Yes. But it's also like, you could have released it and potentially made like three, four times that if it's a really good movie and it resonates with people. Yes. So, 
Wow. It, it sort of it makes it feel like it's a it's it's a cast off, even though it isn't. That's not what it is. It's Netflix going. We'll fucking have it. Absolutely, we want to fucking debut. And it'll be the most expensive movie we've ever debuted on our platform. And to have a Netflix original that's Andy Serkis's big directorial debut for a live action, um, uh, you know, sort of fantasy uh, genre spectacle. Let's do it. Bring it to us. It's great for Netflix. It's great for Circus. He gets to have his movie seen. Which at this point, I imagine that's all he really cares oh, about. Oh God, yeah, because it's been such a fucking tortured yeah, well, development. He, he was, you know, he's, he's been paid for it. He's made it. It's gone through this that, and the other. All he wants now, I imagine, as the artist, is for people to see it. Yeah. And people will definitely see it. I remember they're they're talking about giving it an IMAX run for like the week of release. Okay. Yeah. So, so there yeah. will be a way to, cause it's been shot with that in mind as well. Yeah. So it will be seen that way. And no doubt that means a Blu-ray, like 4k edition and stuff will come out at some point too. But it's also just like, Oh, that really sucks, man. Yeah. I mean, yay. I don't have to leave the house to see it when it drops. I'll just stick it straight yes. on. But also, yes. uh, you've got a big TV. You'll be fine. Um, November, moving into November, we've got Overlord. And the Grinch, right? Overlord. Is this the Peter Jackson one? No, no. This is the JJ Abrams produced one. We've got in December. Uh, is this it, the JJ Abrams? It's the Bad Robot produced right. one, which is People thought was going to be a Cloverfield. Yeah, and it, but it looks like Nazi zombies. Nazi zombies. All right, it but, looks it looks but great. Nazi zombies with extreme body horror. Yeah, it yeah. looks great. I'm I'm yeah. down for it. Whether it'll end up having some Cloverfield connection or not, we'll see. But. Oh, no. It could go either way. I hope it's just its own thing. Ah, so do I. It looks great. It looks like I'm going to have a good time like, with it. Ten Cloverfield Lane is still its own thing. You yeah. can watch Ten Cloverfield Lane and be like, this is its own story, and that's great. So even if it does, can it be like that, please? Yes. Or it's its own thing. Can we have this, please? The Grinch, Scott Mosier's directorial debut. He's that's the co-director. Bizarre. Yeah, that's where he's been. That's why Smogcast has been just Kevin and guests for However. ages. However. Because Scott Mosier's been in France. However. It's an illumination picture. Uh, which I don't... I like. I've not seen Despicable Me three, partly out of spite because they didn't they didn't turn the e into in me into a three, or they didn't or they didn't call it Despicable three and have it and 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 which kind of is from what I know of the plot because it's about his long lost brother so it, him and his and 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 his and Kristen Wiig's character and his and his long lost brother the Despicable three and it also applies to the kids and then he could have a trio of villains and it'd be three Despicable threes but no. Why didn't you get me to write that fucking movie? All I know is it fits into a cat. It fits into the same same category as um, the Hotel Transylvania movies, which uh, a friend of the show, John Granston, described to me the other week as I think you would love them with the sound off. Yeah, like he said to me, if you, watch, if, you if you watch these movies on mute, you would get so much more but, out of them than you would if you were yeah, watching them. I, if anybody because had to you'd be like, visually, this is just, gorgeous, yeah. and and just yeah, but illumination and. I've, their style's sort of grated on me now. Like they're, they're a cheaper animation house, which is brilliantly it's economical and, and, and profitable for the studio. If you watch any Illumination movie, yeah. it's very cinematically sort of framed, and the lighting and the textures are all lovely. But they keep that elastic, cartoony style because it does mean you have, can have uh, looser models and everything, so that the tech isn't as sturdy and yeah. spending so much time doing this. But also, you'll notice they're like CGI TV shows. There's rarely ever anyone in the background i've not messed with that things stuff. moving yeah. around in the back uh no but in a way where it's like organic areas thing areas that should feel vibrant yeah are very calculated in how they do it which is saving money yes 
But once you notice it, you're like, oh, the biggest crime they've committed is Sing. Um, I mean, I didn't care for that anyway because I was like, it's X Factor, but with animals. I couldn't give a shit. Yeah, the whole premise of that has just had me turned off straight away. But the biggest crime with that one is, if you watch um, I Hate Everything's uh, video about it on YouTube, he has an entire section where he no, um, tracks down... And you can't make me! Where he tracks down the same crocodile background extra <laughs> in it, and they're in sort of like any every single shot where there is someone in the background that crocodile appears sometimes twice in the same frame or in a way where it's like one camera angles here one camera angles there it's like that's the same crocodile and it's sort of like oh that's really shit do you know what i mean and it so it makes you appreciate the effort that goes into the other studios in in developing those worlds and making them bigger you know it's it's, it's like it's like this. It's like watching uh, the Helm's Deep fight at the end of Two Towers. Yes. And then watching the same company and the same technology, but on a cheaper scale, doing the Uber Vamp army in the Buffy finale. It's huh. like it's like you're doing the same thing, but that one is noticeably cheaper than that one. So it's a bit like the Hobbit. We neither bought them yesterday in HMV because Lucy's been on a big Lord of the Rings kick, and the Blu-ray box set of the Hobbit is sixteen pounds. Wow. I would rather spend fifteen ninety nine on the weird two four deal they're doing for like Agents of Shield at the minute. I would rather spend fourteen fifteen ninety nine on anything else. In, instead, I was like, don't do it now. And then I bought the Alice Cooper DVD that was downstairs. Ah. Because Welcome to My Nightmare TV special with Vincent Price. And it's oh, nice. It's great. I've nice. seen like 20 minutes of it and it's... Odd as fuck. The Black Widow. <laughs> right, let's 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 um, run through the rest of this year quickly. Uh, so in also <laughs> go, in November, go go also in November we've got Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald, Couldn't give a shit. Robin Hood, Ralph give a shit. Ralph breaks the internet. I give a shit. Did you see the Merida clip that came out this week? Uh, no, I've I've seen the meme that it's become. I've not seen the meme yet. Uh, it's basically <laughs> people putting. Um, like the text of, of various Scottish things over st- images of, of Merida. So someone's done it. Tom Taylor, yeah. who uh, the com- comics writer, has done it with the Choose Life's uh, speech. Oh, from Transporting. From Transporting. Okay, so it's just cool. a text of that speech with the, the screen caps of Merida. Um, it's pretty great, which is of, which is also quite clever as well, considering the yes. casting. A bunch of yeah. people have put uh, the Scottish Twitter memes text <laughs> of, uh, on top of it. So it's things like... Great. I went to drive through and got four drinks and he asked me to bought a cup holder and I said, no, final, I'm a fucking octopus. <laughs> so stuff like that. Basically, uh, she's ranting about the plot of her movie and Vanellope turns to like Elsa or something and goes like, I can't understand a word she's saying. She's like, neither can we. It's okay. She's from the other studio. And she goes, oh. oh. And it's like, that's kind of fun. Nice. It's, it's, it's a fun um, little moment. Um, I'm looking forward to Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, I hate the title. And I don't know if it makes it okay that they acknowledge that it's the wrong title in the previous trailer. Yes. Like, yes. it's funny that they do, but it's like... Yes. Because she says, like, but wouldn't Ralph Rex the Internet be better? And she goes, mm, you're not wrong. It's like, <laughs> you're not wrong. Okay? You're okay. You're not wrong. <laughs> Maybe call um, it that then. I, on a, on a related note, I finally watched Tangled last weekend. Was it your first time? Yes. Isn't it fucking it's wonderful? lovely. And Alan Menken can write songs it's like a motherfucker. Like no, no other Disney contributor can like compose the sort of shit he's done in it's, terms of that music. It's just so lovely. It's just freaking wonderful. And I don't know what else to say about it other than it's lovely. Mandy Moore um, is amazing. Yes. Gothel is a great villain. Yes. Her end is traumatic. Yes. Freaking Ron Perlman's in there. Yes. Twice. Yes. 
Brad Garrett's in there. Not being Eeyore, but being a concertina. No, you're very good. With his hook hands. Very I love, good. I love that movie. It's very good. I love it. And you're going to, right, you're going to have to come around and watch it in 3D sometime just for the lantern scene. Okay. The lantern scene in 3D is spectacular. Okay. Uh, and we'll sit there and cry and spoon. It's, it's a date. Um, also, uh, the, finishing right, up this you, year, you look and go. You look and go. Finishing up this year in December, we get Immortal Engines, which is the Peter Jackson cities that eat each other thing, <laughs> and Bumblebee. I have very little to say about either of these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Peter Jackson is in, kind of in a hole filmmaking wise after The Hobbit, I think. Yeah. Um, Bumblebee is. Do we not get Edge of Spider Verse before the end of the year? Uh, Apparently not. Oh, not it was tarried for a Christmas release. Um, ah, I think they've missed one out. I <laughs> think we've missed one out. This is only from like last week. Um, so yes, we are we are obviously getting into the Spider Verse. I don't know why they've not put that on. Because I just realised the the lass who stars in Bumblebee is going into the Spider Verse, so she's going to own Christmas basically. Oh uh, yes, I'm going to check the Into the Spider Verse release date on the old Himdibiz. Um, hey, Himdibiz. What we got? Himdibiz. Put it through your Himdibiz lens. Himdibiz. It is currently slated for December 14th in the UK. Expected. <gasps> We're getting it before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yes. How oh was that for a Christmas present? Right, moving up into next year. Stuff to look forward to. And I'll be, and I'll be in Pantoland with my Odeon thinky card. And I'll be able to go and see it as many times as I want. When I'm not on stage in tights. Great. Hey, um, in January. Fuck it. I'm writing the panel. I may as well just write a scene where I can leave and go yeah, watch it in spite of us. It's a two hour long scene. Uh, just all chill. Where did uh, Chris go? <laughs> well. January, we get glass. I think we've made our feelings on glass quite clear. Yeah. I'm conflicted. Curious but offended. Curious but offended. Um, <laughs> February, we get the Lego Movie 2, the second part, which looks fabulous. Yeah. Continuing the trend of great Lego movies. Yeah. So also, in Jaguar. I think it's on Netflix now. No, it's just come out on Blu-ray, hasn't it? Uh, no, it came out on Blu-ray. Netflix. Oh, yeah. oh right, there we go. I'm going to have to watch it's it. It's either on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I want to see it for the... Oh, have you not the, seen Lego like, Jaguar? I want to see it for the goodies-inspired final act. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> I, I saw it knowing nothing about Ninjago, yeah. and I have now become very familiar, thanks to the various children in my life, with the Ninjago TV show, which is the worst, but uh, the the movie doesn't carry anything over from the TV show to, yeah. the, to the thing, because it's obviously, it's the, I think, I, I'll say obviously, I think the idea is it's supposed to be the same basement, or at least household yeah. as... As the Lego as movie, the Lego, movie. the Lego Batman no, movie. No, it isn't, but it's a similar conceit. Okay, because the Lego Batman movie takes place in the same yeah. basement as the Lego yeah, movie yeah. because of the the, the the brief bit about the the world crumbling. Yeah, yeah. You can see Emmett in the footage and yeah. stuff. It's like, oh. And um, it's also the same Batman. Yes, um, but uh, yeah, it's good fun. Um, the Lego Movie Two. I just love the fact that they're using Lego friends. Yes, and the, oh, and the cuteness, the weaponized cuteness of it. Because they sort of um, tease it with Duplo at the end of the first one, don't they? Yeah. The idea that the younger sister's going to be bringing stuff to the yeah. table, quite literally. And, yeah, just the... And also the fact that they haven't ha- needed to say it, it's just been obvious what it is from the shape of the minifigs. Yes. And the the heart that says hello and explodes. Um, ah! <laughs> so good. Um, if someone if someone doesn't mech suit up in a bionicle in that movie, I'll be very surprised. Oh. Bring that shit back. Oh. That was their highest, pro- the most profitable line for years. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Have you Did watched you... Toys of Mayhem? Yeah, Toys of yeah, yeah. 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 No, because even I like was, even I wasn't a Bionicle kid, but I had like two of them. I, like, I still was I like, didn't... "That's freaking awesome." Can I have one? I didn't have any of them, but they did look cool. 
Um, I customised one into a predator. Nice. Like I gave it, I used plastic ties to give it the dreads because it had a mask like the predators. They and all you, look kind of predator esque. When you took they? the mask off, like the piece that held oh. the mask in looked like the mandibles. Oh. Yeah. So, nice. so I made a predator and give it arm blades. I've got it in the house somewhere. I'll have to find it. Um, <laughs> March. We've got a few things lined up. We've got Chaos Walking. I have no idea what that is. No. Nine. Um, nicked. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Looks good. Yeah. Oh, like those movies have been great. Hipster um, Yep, hips take up and more toothless. Love toothless. Um, toothless loves you. Oh, Wonder Park, which is Paramount and Nickelodeon. Wonder Park. that is. And of course, the live action Dumbo. Which I think I'm more confused about more than anything. Yeah. When did we get the first trailer for that? Like back in May. Yeah. And it's coming out next April, March. Yeah. What? Ah. Chaos Walking is Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland, and it's a dystopian future uh, where there are no women, apart from Daisy Ridley, and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. Okay. So it's a quiet place. I think it's, it's a, a wi- quiet place and why the last woman. I think it's a YA thing. Oh. I think it's a YA oh, thing. Oh, yeah, it's based on a Patrick Ness book. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I believe it is. Oh, it fucking is as well. Based on the novel by Patrick Ness, screenplay by, by Patrick, Patrick Ness. Ness, Gary Spinelli, John Lee Hancock, Lindsay Beer, and Charlie Cow- Charlie Kaufman. That's a lot of writers. That's a lot of people. As long uh, I mean, that's the problem is, that's two really charismatic leads. Oh, yeah. In a work like, I couldn't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Is that a screen grab? That's an on-set photo. They look hilarious. They do look hilarious. They look wrong. Yes, they do look wrong. <laughs> they do. It's mm, mm, no good, no good. What is what is Wonder Park? Wonder Park is. It's what Germans say when they're happy with something. Ah, Wonder Park. Um, <laughs> it is a, a magnificent amusement. That was a language joke. That was quite highbrow. It, for is, a joke. it is the story of a magnificent amusement park where the imagination of a wildly creative girl named June comes to life. It's. Oh, it's an animation. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing a trailer and thinking, eh. Starring the voices of Brianna Densker, who's a young girl who seems to be the, the central girl, uh, Jennifer Garner, Ken Hudson, Kenan Thompson, um, Mila Kunis, John Oliver, Ken Jeong, Nobelio Butts, Matthew Broderick. You know, people. What country is it that's producing it? That's it the question. Is Because um... this seems to be... One of these, I'm getting a vibe that it's a European, it's movie. Spanish, yeah. And it's a there's Paramount. a lot of these that come out, um, especially in UK cinemas, like the uh, the uh, the Robinson Crusoe one yeah. and the ballerina one and stuff, where they're like, they're not, they don't translate particularly well. It's a Nickelodeon joint, though. So. Yeah, no, some of these are as well, but like they, they they get a dub, and the dub comes out, and it's just. It's like the animation's nice, but it's sort of like try, it's airing on the cloudy with a chance of meatball style thing, yet trying to play up the epicness at the same time. Yeah. But relying on the goofy style. So it's like stylistically, they sort of, they've not found a way to make it work. And they usually come with terrible trailers. Yeah. And it's always a big celebrity voice cast, but it gets a quiet release and no one ever sees it. And it's really Is weird. That the best? I don't know. Because these movies sort of don't make a dent at all. And the reviews are always middling. 
Um, I think it's it, it's just it, I think it's just a lost in translation thing. I think it's just like certain styles of humor in different parts of Europe are a bit different to how they are in the UK and yeah things like that. And so it's it's You know what else this list is missing? Oh, me, Captain Marvel. Oh, what the fuck? And ah, uh, it doesn't have the comic book based superhero stuff on it. That's why the turds. That's were... I'm going to find it. We're going to locate it. So using our science. Yeah, in terms of actual comic book movies, we've still got Venom to come this year in October. Aye. Uh, Aquaman in December. Yeah. And, and Alita Battle Angel. In oh, December. it's finally coming out. Wasn't that meant to have a summer release originally? I have no idea. Because um, the trailer for that dropped like early this year with the whole like it's coming soon, oh, and then get- they were like, oh no, it's coming later. Guess what's slated for my birthday? Oh, I Hellboy. Really? Apparently so. <laughs> Would you like um, some David well, Arbor for your birthday? On this list, they've also still got. Um, this was list was updated on, on in July thirty first, but they've also got X Men Dark Phoenix still listed for February fourteenth, nah. along, along with New Mutants for August second next year, which I don't think is happening ever. Um, well, I do. I think is isn't isn't one of them now also having reshoots? I think it might be New Mutants. I think New Mutants is them. having more reshoots. I don't know what's going on with Which sounds to me like they're trying to um, backwards shuffle it into something else now. Um, Either tonally or continuity wise. But it's going to be a hell of a summer next year because we've got Captain Marvel in March that are starting things off early. We've got Shazam on the 5th of April. Uh, We have got um... Oh, I love that one. We've got uh, John Wick 3 in May. Uh, we've got, before that, a week, about a week before that, we've got the untitled Avengers film. The still untitled dun, Avengers dun, film. Dun, it's it's going to be Avengers forever. It's going to be Avengers forever. No. It's not going to be Avengers 4 no. ever. Which it, it should be. It's gonna be Avengers, or at least in the marketing it should yeah, be. It's going to be Avengers forever because it's going to be about time travel. No. What's it going to be then? No. No, no. What's it going to be then? How Thanos got his groove back. Yay! That's what it'll be called. Thanos' new groove. Uh, it is a Disney <laughs> giant, after all. Um, what, what, what do you reckon? What do you reckon the title is going to be for, for Avengers, the fourth one? Break into Electric Boogaloo. Thanos Boogaloo. Um, full Tilt 2 Electric Boogaloo. <gasps> Storm Break into Storm Bra- Thanos Boogaloo. Oh, no. There we go. No, no, no. Avengers no. 4. Here's where we shove X-Men in. Avengers 4, hashtag rehire James Gunn. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm down. I'm that's, down that's with that a, title. Confirmed. Avengers 4 title is Avengers 4, hashtag rehire James Gunn. Avengers um, 4, hey, we know Captain Marvel came out last month, but come watch this, yeah? Yeah. This list also has... Oh my God, that means two years in a row they'll have a film and another film in theatres at the same time. If Captain Marvel does anywhere yes. as well as Black Panther did, it will be running at the same time. And it may and, and Avengers 4 might also be still running at the same time as Spider-Man Far From Home, which is out in July. Snap! So next year, we're getting another year like this year. Yeah. Apparently, after last year, we've also got the Minecraft movie in, what? in May. Warner Brothers have got a Minecraft movie slate. Yeah, so that looks, looks like Men in Black. They are, in fact, in black. It's annoying that they keep playing in black film and yeah. these are our new leads. Like that's just that's plain as simple as that. Um, apparently, we get another Shaft in June as well. What? Um, Again? About a week before Toy Story Four. Don't want. Don't want this. As much as I think they've probably got a good story to tell, 
the story ended beautifully. Yeah. I don't want another yeah. one. I don't know what they can do with it. And those characters um, endure. Those toys still sell. Kids love them. So you don't need another movie to boost it. And Disney are really, really pushing it because they've also got The Lion King in July. Um, and, oh God. and Artemis Fowl in August. Now that I'm intrigued about. Yeah. And I'm also intrigued we've not seen any teasers yet. No, not yet. Because I loved those books, and I think that they could make for excellent movies. <laughs> I've heard good things. I've never read one book. They're really great. Um, like just spy, espionage, crime. It's, it's like it's like child Sherlock Holmes, who is the supervillain, meets a world of fairies and advanced technology. Yeah, and it's it's the first book is basically a hostage situation. Okay, it's great. <laughs> like it's really really good, and the second book's pretty great, and the third one was fine, and I trailed off after that. Uh, things <laughs> things cooled down a bit in September, as you'd, as, you, as you'd imagine, but It Chapter 2 gets a surprisingly early release at the beginning of September, as opposed to an October Halloween release. Okay, um, I'm down with that. So that's... that's uh, we're just over a year away from that. I'd like that um, now. I'd like it yesterday. Yeah. I want it so bad. I hope it's good. Um... <laughs> Walt Disney are also giving us a, a, a Jungle Cruise movie in October. Which, right, have you heard about the controversy this week? No. I was excited uh, for the Jungle Cruise movie in the sense of... But then they fired James Gunn. It's a Jungle Cruise movie. Why? Oh, Dwayne Johnson's the main character. Okay, Disney family movie based on a Disney ride with Dwayne Johnson. Fuck it. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I like these things. I yes. hope it's good. Yes. Then they announced that Jack Whitehall's in it. I'm no Jack Whitehall mm. fan. I... I think Jack Whitehall... Oh, this is what that controversy... Well, yeah. oh, okay, I think right, Jack Whitehall right, right, has suffered you. from um, the same thing that I feel a lot of comedians on British television suffer from, which is channels, be it ITV, ITV or a BBC channel or a UK Gold Dave channel, get obsessed with them and they put them in everything. Every panel and show I, ever. And as such, I get bored of them really quickly. I, I get bored and it's get... no fault of their own. I, I just know. get bored of I'm them. I'm not a huge fan of Jack Whitehall. Well, like um, Catherine Ryan. Yeah. Bored of her. Yeah. She's funny. I'm bored of her. She's on everything. Uh, Daryl O'Brien. I eventually got bored of him because they put him on everything. Um, and Go 8-Bit is terrible. Uh, oh God, it should be so good, but it's naff but, but, but like, you know, there's loads of... Um, what's it? Ramesh. He's in everything. Ramesh Nathan. Bored of him. Bored yeah. of him. He's in everything. He's in everything. Uh, same happened to Russell Howard. And Jack Whitehall was one of those. He was one of the earlier ones. But not just that, I sort of find his stuff to be not that funny, and it's the sense of humour just jibes me. Maybe it's because I'm a working class lad. Yeah, you have definitely got an uphill struggle to convince me you're funny if you're already upper middle class. Yeah. And again, like, humour has no barriers. Not that I'm a really. classist. No, but, 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 but it is that whole thing of, like, his his <laughs> jokes are sort of like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> but I feel bad for him in this situation because he's been lumped with the modern internet problem of people being offended by stuff. So... Disney, Disney shouldn't have done this. Here's how you, here's how you, here's how you be progressive. You just do it. Yeah. Right. You don't make a fanfare. So Beauty and the Beast remakes coming out, and Disney announced that um, Josh Gad as LeFou will be Disney's first gay character. And then they don't do anything with it. <clears throat> they don't do anything with it. There's just there's hints that he fancies Gaston. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is in the original anyway. Yeah. Um, and then he falls in love with a guy by the end and that's it and it's like right but also you would do you did, you made a story out of it yeah. in a way of going look how progressive we are and yet it's the comedy fucked up mistreated villain character to... so that's not progressive it would be more progressive if you not made a fanfare yeah. and just just do it and it's so... just there and then people see it and go oh that was 
kind of different. The foo, the foo was gay and fancy cats on. Okay, that's kind of different. To quote but, Lindsay Ellis from her recent Beauty and the Beach review, which was excellent. Thanks. I hate it. Yes. <laughs> Ursula's crazy sister. Um. So <laughs> they announced that Jack Whitehall's character is going to be an incredibly um sort of uh, wacky sidekick character. Oh, great. I can't wait to see Jack Whitehall play that. And that he's going to be Disney's, quote, first openly gay character, unquote. Oh, wow. Um, so, right. Okay, fine, whatever. But again, cool. you're doing that thing where you're going, hey, guys, progressive, progressive. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I don't care what sexual orientation the character is, as long as he's a funny character and, like... You know, his orientation is only really part of the story if maybe there's a love story or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, fair enough, go for it. The sexual orientation of the character is not key to the story. Just fucking, do you know what I mean? La la la, whatever. Like, the best way to do representation is to just do it. Just do it. All right, Shia. To fa- to fanfare it like this is only going to lead to disappointment. But it's also led to a really weird reaction. Where people have been saying, so you've cast a straight actor in a gay role. When How progressive of gay actors yeah. out there looking for jobs, yeah. Now, I would agree with that in, in some other circumstances. There's definitely other circumstances where you're like, hang on, that's... No, wait, you should do... Uh, a trans character, for example. Yeah. Cast a trans actor. Mm. It is a heavily underutilised portion of the freaking acting community yeah. who gets sidelined for the Oscar bait thing of, yeah, but this actor's going to embody that part. Now, that's a, that's something where something needs to change. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is different for each situation. When it comes to sexuality, it's a character the person's playing. I think it's more... It's acting. Someone... uh, I can't remember who, so apologies for not giving credit. But someone on Twitter summed this up so well, where it's like... um, It's... It's frustrating. Because, yeah, it's it's not so much that there's a problem of... uh, Of having straight actors play gay roles, but it's a double standard when you're having straight actors play gay roles, but you're getting gay actors being turned down for straight roles. Yes. Because, so it's, that's, it's, where, that's where the real problem... That's where standard. your offence should be directed. Yeah. Because um, there, there are things that need fixing. This isn't one of them. This I don't is know. I a think, role in a film. I think the, all it's done is to highlight that the fact that there is a double standard. Oh, of course. And it doesn't go both but, ways. But what I'm saying is, in terms of the, the, the film's product itself, and yeah. Jack, I couldn't care less about him personally, but I feel tight in the situation Whitehall, is now coming under a, a, an avalanche of sort of criticism and offence. For some of that isn't his fault. This isn't Scarlett. Yeah, This yeah. isn't Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian character and then, a, 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 what's it? Uh, who's the biography about? I don't know. There was a film she was she was assigned to this year, and then she jumped off of it. She was going to play a character. Oh, she, was going, she was going to play. She was I going have to play. Vague memory of this. She was yes. going to play a gentleman who identified as a gentleman who was a lady, and they were again saying the whole thing of like you could cast actors who actually you know yeah, are yeah. sort of either transitioning or identify as different you know the, the gender and sexuality are different things, and you know you could do this, you yeah. could do that. But you're not, and this is the second time she's done it in a row with the same director after having cast in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Where the character was again, if it was just a flat out American remake, it wouldn't be as sickly, but then in the actual movie, the person she was before she was changed was Japanese. Yeah. And it was like, really? Yeah. So there's this whole thing of, oh God. So that these are these are places where you should get upset and make it known. In this instance, He's playing a character. The character happens to be gay. 
Now, had Disney not announced that again in this whole look at how progressive we are sort of publicity We fired thing, James Gunn! Yeah, exactly. If they hadn't done that yeah. and it just happened, there wouldn't have been a problem. People, I don't think, would have made an outcry about it. Do you know what I mean? They would have just seen the movie and gone like, oh, it's kind of cool that one of our main characters was a positively representative, a positively represented gay character. Positively represented. Pos- positively represented <laughs> gay character. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that would have been more progressive. I'm, uh, I'm definitely in favour of more positive representation. You swipe. <laughs> but instead, they're setting themselves up for a fall. And again, like, like you say, the good thing is it has highlighted hypo- hypocrisy within casting. Mm. But these guys aren't the ones committing the, the fault here. It's the casting people it's the problem with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, like, it, it, but it's also is that in the realm of acting. You don't want to limit people necessarily to just their exact physical and sexual preferences, type preferences, etc., etc. Yeah. Because that's not what acting's about. No. Like, that's, say, that's like saying, for example, if you wanted to do a production of King Lear... Yes. ...and you cast um, you cast a female actor in the role of Lear... Yeah. ...that you can't do that. Well, yes, you absolutely fucking can. You go for that. Because it's a story. All you have to do is call the play King Lear if you want to, to make sure that people know which play it is. Yeah. Refer to the character as Queen Lear. Or even just refer to them as king and fuck it. Do you know it what I mean? Really it's it's yeah. about watching the performance and the story being told. Uh, it's the James Bond thing. Idris Elba shouldn't be Bond. Why not? Why not? Because he's black and Bond isn't black. Why can't I don't he, have a problem with that. Why black can't he be Bond? Black. I just don't think Idris Elba's a particularly yeah. good fit for Bond. No. But I also don't like particularly like Bond as a character. Yeah. I think he's well, exactly. boring. Like, why, can't, why can't he be black? Because he's not. All right. If your argument was because these films are carrying on the story of the Daniel Craig uh, yeah. timeline it would be rather strange for the character to suddenly change race in the middle. Fair enough. I think that's a valid argument. But your argument is Bond isn't black. Bond can be black. If yeah. they want to start the story again, Bond can they easily can have, be black. Can have, if, and if they want to go down the Bond is a codename thing, they can do that. Exactly. Also, I just think... It's, that's, it's what I'm saying is you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't be limited by your gender, your sexuality to play whatever. Race, yes, that's a touchy one if it is part of the character's um, story and their world and their nature. You would not cast a white actor in the role of T'Challa because Wakanda mm. is an African nation and their heritage and their origin is a big part of that character's story. So, you know what I mean? Like, there you go. Like, there's your thing. You wouldn't cast a white guy in the Eddie Murphy role in Coming to America because that fundamentally changes that character's story. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the things like that have to be the way they are. Other than that, go nuts. Let everybody play everybody. Um... Because I saw again a tweet in response to this saying like to Jack Whitehall, a straight man, is playing a gay character in this film and that's disgraceful. And someone replied to it like, you're right. While we're at it, tell John Goodman he should not be a big blue monster because he's not a big blue monster. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how dare Bradley Cooper be a raccoon? And it's like, yeah, you're, being, you're being facetious, but at the same time, the point you're making yeah. is, no, like, I can't, I can't, this shouldn't I, yeah. be limited. I don't know. I... I think I don't really care yeah but but it's brought it's brought let's, yeah. I'll say this it's brought a lot of publicity to a movie that I a really lot of people don't may care not about cared about Jack Whitehall so but also yes I, I'm just offended he's in the movie sexuality should, shouldn't should come into casting so why can't we just agree on that there we go mm-hmm. let's agree on that so all agree on that and never talk about it again Back into next year. Yes, um, the next film is sexual October, casting. In, in October, we've got. <laughs> in April. We've also got Joker. Apparently, 
next October. Is that when it's slated yeah. for? But this October is the 4th. Scorsese produced one. Yeah, yeah. Right. And also Adam's <laughs> Family and Zombieland 2. Now that was a surprise. Mm. It came the fuck out of nowhere. And it'll be coming out on the 10th anniversary of the original movie's release, which mm. is a weird thought. Um, and apparently they're all signed on to it. The four main actors are signed on to it. So better stuff fucking start shooting soon, right? I think think they're going into production that's why they announced it recently because i think it's that whole people are going to see it and know what it is excellent um i'm down with that i'm down i'm down for zombie land sequel i'm down for an animated adam's family i still don't know how i feel about them using the original designs but that's only because i'm so married to the live action versions that it's a weird thought to see them looking like yeah. that but we'll see we'll see we'll see it's just, just like Oscar Isaac is Gomez Adams. Oh my god, this amazing casting! The voice of Gomez Adams. Uh, oh. 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 Uh, but he, he could totally fucking play him, though. Like, well, put him on camera. He could play Gomez Adams. I think he maybe. He's can... never going to be as good as Raul Julia, let's well, be honest. Who no is? one is. Who is? For him, it was just a Tuesday. Um, also. <laughs> Let's finish up this year, then we get into. Let's finish up next year and get into emails. Uh, next November, we're looking at Wonder Woman eighty four starting off the month. Mm. Um, Is that the only two DC films next year? Then in the DC EU, uh, Shazam and Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, interesting. Um, okay. They're uh, slowing down. Oh, yes, well, they've got a kind of again. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, apparently, we're getting the next James Bond film in November, but I wouldn't count on it. Mm, um, we're also is getting pre-pro though I think so yeah, yeah. Uh, we're also Daniel Craig's the... last directed by Danny Boyle oh yes yeah, oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. I'm intrigued to see like, yeah I mean I think that's the reason Craig said have... yes to it it's like if I'm going to go out I want to be directed by Danny Boyle I have problems with Bond as a character oh yeah I, so I, I, just, I know what you mean I've lost my taste for those films I, I can still enjoy those movies knowing he's an unscrupulous bastard and just appreciate them as action movies he's with a essentially a rapist like oh modern Bond not so much Modern Bond, not so much, but but you go back and watch the old know. ones and it's dodgy. It's something. It's kind of skeezy. Um, we're also getting the untitled Terminator movie in yeah. November. Yeah. Uh, the as yet untitled Frozen sequel. Um, another as yet untitled Jumanji sequel, apparently. Yeah, uh, what? That's that's going to kick well, off December. The amount of money the first one made, they were going to make another yeah. one. Yeah, that's going to kick off December. Uh, along with an apparently untitled He-Man and Masters of the Universe film, which I know nothing about. I mean, I'm game. Um, I'm game if they are. As long as it, as long as it uh, is as camp as hell, and it's just bulging pectorals in tiny pants, and they just go for it. Is it going to be the Money Supermarket adverts versions of no, Skeletor no, and He-Man? No, because I'd watch that. No, no, no. No, stop. With them dancing. You're encouraging insurance and banks to make more but, adverts using 80s iconography. But... Why do Shaggy and Scooby need a loan? They don't. Because they're nearly They don't need a loan. Top Cat, fair enough. He's, Listen, he's buying a new Shaggy bin to live in. into... Is in to for about fucking $5,000 <laughs> to his fucking dealer. He needs to get that loan to pay off this loan. Like... Because the interest for a loan shark is much, much higher than it is for a bank. He can manage the bank interest, not the loan shark interest. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was in a dark place at that time and he needed to get some. When you need your Scooby snacks, you need them yeah, bad, man. You gotta get them, Scooby. Like, um, these Scooby snacks are costing me a packet, man. So, yeah, who, who fucking knows? But ironically, their loan shark is a man dressed as a shark. <laughs> and all they need to do to foil him is get close enough and pull the head off. Uh, 
Okay. But they're too scared. Um, finishing out next year. See, if they, if, they, if they confess to their mates, then Velma could help them out. Yes. But they're too frightened. Uh, finishing out next year, which is about as far as we'll go for now, um, <laughs> we have got the uh, movie adaptation of Wicked. Eh. Mm. We've had that. It's called The Great and Powerful Oz. Oh, hey. The Great and Powerful Oz. Same fucking story. Uh, it's the same fucking story. I'm bored of it. I don't want to know the origins of the Wicked Witch. It makes her less of an intimidating character. I know, but Wicked's a better story than Oz the Great and Powerful, to be fair. That's true, but Wicked is also shit. Don't at me! It's shit! It's, it's the X-Men Origins Wolverine of musicals. It's got some It's got some pretty good songs it. has some it. damn good songs in it, yes. But, yeah, but it also has some damn awful songs in it. Yeah. And it makes you hate every character. Speaking it's so of, weird. Speaking of hating every character... Oh? Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah! It's still as yet untitled. That's coming out end of next year. It's now in production... They're filming it. It's happening okay. They're not remaking The Last Jedi. What if they are, though? I want if episode nine Star to Wars? be a wonderful close to this story. But the I also Skywalker want, saga. But I, I want it to be a close to the Skywalker saga, but I want that to be its subtext. I want the story to finally be a story about these characters. Well, no, because I think... I, I want Finn and Rey and Kylo to be the focus of the story and their story to wrap there's up. There's every chance that this is going to end with Kylo Ren either being redeemed or killed. Why not both? Who knows? So it, I think it will be a definitive end, an actual definitive end to the Skywalker saga. To Adam Tusculp's driver. Adam Tusculp. They call him two skulls because he has two action figures, um, and neither of them look quite like him. And what we'll see, <laughs> what we'll see after that of Star Wars, nothing. Let it go away. Like, yeah. Let, let it, it just be a, an area in Disneyland. Let it, have a, let it have a little rest for a bit. Let it and die. Then, and then do another one, maybe. But because um, I think Daisy Ridley's already said she doesn't want to do any more for a while. Give us an Obi Wan so, Star Wars story, and then call it a day. Apparently, according to you, McGregor, not on the cards. I know. But he's not going to admit it. But he keeps openly going. But if they want to, yeah, which I think means he's had a chat with them. I would have thought it's gone quiet, and he's the one who's quite. Yeah, I think he's just being honest. I think he's like, yeah, I would like to do it, and if they want to, give me a call. Give me a call. Choose, choose Tatooine. Choose the desert. Choose an awful lot of sand. Choose a wretched hive of scum and villainy. (laughs) Choose crate dragons. Choose Choose the death sentence and seventeen systems. Choose sand people (laughs) who always return in greater numbers. Um, right after that nonsense, <laughs> let's get on with some emails. Um, this one, this this long one, comes in from Todd Monty, which we didn't get to last week. Because yes, it's so Tom, long. Tom um, IMAX Marathon Monty, and also there is a question at the end of this, which is gonna have us at each other's throats, slash banging our heads against the walls. Last Jedi, slash no, oh no, I'll say you because I was you'll... gonna say we've been very amicable. With yes, Last Jedi. we've been very amicable about the Last Jedi. That um, means it's about class, doesn't it? No, all right. It says, dear Chris and Matt, I apologize with all of my hearts. For the fact that I haven't sent anything for the last couple of weeks, so I've regrettably produced a significantly long one to make up for it. Dirty you bastard. definitely have. It's <laughs> almost, almost taking you a while to squeeze this one out. Um, oh. I, wa- hey, hey, hey. I watched Incredibles 2 finally and wasn't disappointed. Only problem I had was that the villain was pretty predictable, but even then I thought the screen slaver was effective. Also one nitpick for me that was that Dash's animation, for me at least, looked significantly different to what he looked like in the original, and I wouldn't call the transition between the two voice actors seamless oh then again we never watched them back to back so. yeah maybe maybe if I watched it a bit closer to maybe I would be 
when watching more... it, it was like, that's Dash. Yeah. That's Dash. It, it but I will, like... say, I will agree on the animation. He did feel different. I think it's just because he's more... He was able to openly be himself in this one. Yeah. Also, all the animation has had a serious upgrade. Yeah. Oh, and God, all the yeah. character you... models have had a serious upgrade. If so... you watch them back to back, it makes the first one look like piss flaps. Yeah. Ooh. But the sto- No, not that bad. Ugh. But the storytelling of the first one is, I think, still better than the second one. But whatever. No, 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 no. Um, I like the second one a lot. And Matt, I had a similar disruptive experience in my cinema showing it, but it involved a child in the seat behind me constantly asking his father questions. I can forgive this child's innocent mind, but it was pretty goddamn annoying to hear that through a sequel to a film that I had urgently been waiting for since I was probably younger than him. <laughs> Check your privilege, Tom. Check your privilege. Check your privilege. Kick the kid in the mouth. No, don't kick the kid in the mouth. Don't do it. It's not a kid's fault. Tom um, Monte arrested for kicking child in the mouth in the past. Here's some Doctor <laughs> Who stuff for you. Oh, does that mean that two lifelong Doctor Who fans have to reluctantly answer a Doctor Who question? Or two? Uh, or, or four. Jesus wept, um, Tom Monte. Uh, and they're not short ones either. Oh my um, god, Tom Monte. I'm pretty worried, slash, oh? upset, about the news that all of the episodes in Series 11 will be single stories. Is this confirmed? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if they've confirmed whether or not there'll be a thread, but the individual episodes will be self-contained, and uh, there are ten. Okay. In total. I wouldn't mind it as much if we still got a fair. <laughs> ah, would... yes, that old chestnut. I wouldn't mind it as much if we still got a finale two-part because I think the final story should always be a multiple-part story. I feel like Doctor Who needs, and it's big, big needs. Big, big old fun. Big old needs. Um, multiple part stories in each series because I do love a good cliffhanger. Oh, I wouldn't be. Su- you've not been well. You've been well served by uh, Doctor Who in your time. Oh, uh, to wouldn't, what extent do you surprised... agree, disagree, and what do you th- feel about this news? I wouldn't be surprised if episode nine led into episode ten, but wasn't. Wait, direct. we're talking about Star Wars or Doctor Who? Doctor Who. <laughs> but wasn't. But wasn't necessarily a part one, part two. Do you know? I mean? more, I... more like a, more like a Utopia into Sound of Drums, where it was like. You can watch those three as a three-part or as a two-part and the episode before them leads beautifully yeah. into them. The big bombastic season finale is a very modern yeah. thing. And um, to be fair, Doctor Who hasn't done it in recent years. For better or worse. Series um, 8 was the last one, I think. Yeah. Hang on, what was Series 9's finale? Oh, no, Series 9 was, a again, self-contained parts, but they led into each other. It was Hellbent, Heaven Sent and Hellbent. And Face the Raven leading into Hellbent. Yeah, um, but but all, but all the same, the episodes were their own individual story, yeah. their own individual feel. Um, Dark, so Dark Water, Death in Heaven was the last one where it was like, this is part one and part two. Yeah. Um, series 10, what was Series 10's finale? The Sideman story. Oh no, that was a two-part, that wasn't was a two it? two-part, yeah. Yeah. Ah, but okay, I know what I'm saying. So it's basically that Series 10 wasn't a big, it's the end of the world scenario. It was the end which, of that world. Which was... It was the end of this farm on the floor of a spaceship, yeah. maybe, which was refreshing, but also it does kind of feel like the, the you know the big spectacular thing of mod, like you say of modern television wasn't yeah. there. Um, I I just I just wanted to be good. I don't yeah. care what scale the I'm story is. I'm not particularly is. fussed about the about the format as long as it's good. I think it'd be cool to save your end of the universe story till the yeah. last one of your of and, your series and, so that every other episode isn't a, everything in creation is going to end it's always a smaller story it's like a like, yeah like we need some more like horrors of fang rock do you know what i mean where it's just these people in this room are gonna die if we don't do a thing like we need more of them and then save your big universe ender for your last episode we need more panicked women screaming and then leela slapping them in the face that's what we need more of in doctor who go and watch um, horror of fang rock folks so good um <laughs> Yes. What he says when he first enters the lighthouse? 
I can't remember. It's something, it's something like as a creature on the list, so we're all going to die. It's something like that. He's, like, <laughs> he's just smiling because he's obviously thinking like, I'm going to I'm going to solve that. Yes, this starts out like it's like I'm going to. It's that whole he's going to solve it, but he doesn't realize how yeah. sensitive that sounds to um, all the people around him who are shitting themselves. I, <laughs> I'm not. I, I get what you mean about Doctor Who needing cliffhangers, but I think so much of that feeling has been absorbed into the opening pre-credit sting. Now, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it has been since the series came back, um, because two m- multiple part stories have not been the norm for so long. Um, but Doctor Who is so saturated with the idea of cliffhangers. But I think that the pre-credits thing is, is a really good place to put them. Then again, so. I, I, w- I wouldn't mind a dip back into the '60s style, which they did for um, for Smile going into uh, Thin Ice, where the end of the episode tagged what the next one might be. Yeah. It's like the end of the end of Smile was them opening the doors and there's the elephant on the ice. Mm. It was like, what? And he went to the credits, which the 60s one was all about. It was like, oh, and the adventure's over. Right, I'm just going to fiddle with the dial and we'll move away. And well, the they, camera moves to the dial and the radiation goes up. You're like, oh! Well, they straight like, up had the next week and the title of the episode and or yeah. next episode, the roof of the world or whatever. Yeah, so um, I, I mean, I'd be down for something like yeah. that. I think that'd be kind of cool. And then you'd have to do next time trailers. That's your tease for next week. If you were the production designer Aye. on Doctor Who Series 11. Aye. Describe what your new TARDIS interior would look like. Primary colour, primary material, etc. A crash. A crash. <laughs> Have you been... Just a ball pit. <laughs> you just step in and you fall into a ball. And then every time they open the doors as they're climbing out, that odd ball just like drops out and rolls away. Have- and there's a conspiracy, like someone like Clyde of the future's like, here it is, photographs from the late 1800s, these little plastic balls everywhere. Plastic balls. I found a plastic ball at the top of a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, um, she only changes the interior again, when she's like, oh, we're running out of balls. It Never would, mind, it, let's change it now. It would be an Apple store. Full of very helpful people in t-shirts. The companion walks the genius bar and she goes, oh wait, hang on. And she runs to the other end, yeah. disappears and comes back up in an Apple t-shirt and goes, hello. <laughs> oh, no, you walk up to the central console and it goes, I'm sorry, you'll have to make an appointment for three weeks time. All our geniuses are, are, uh, are busy. Well, tell um, you what, come over here. Tell you. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right, three weeks have gone by. Have, an, have another look. Samaganda. Why don't you have Your a iPod's look at our new MacBook. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, this doesn't work anymore and we can't travel in time, but if you pay $200, then uh, I will give you a new refurbished time travel thing. Um, the time rutter. I would... I like. I really like the wood panel look from season 13, 14. You're a dirt. I really like it. it just You're needs a, a dirt. Ta- it just needs a proper time rotor. Yeah, I, and maybe some flourish in the walls. Like instead of it just being walls, like bookshelves or something, yeah. like to make it look more like a library. I always, that, I think that's yeah. why I love the Eighth Doctor's TARDIS because it, it, it's, it's what that TARDIS, TARDIS could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want the wood, the wood paneling sort of library esque, wood paneling and bookshelves on the walls, but with the roundels. Hmm. Um, and they can slide back to be screens or whatever, or pro- yeah. even project. And, and have, um, it, have it be warm for you. Yeah, have it feel warm. Warm, like warm wood, maybe a fireplace. Yeah, to just uh, just because because why not have a fireplace in a in in a time machine? Um, 
I don't think you need the two level thing anymore. You don't need the gantry anymore. Yeah, I don't. Um, just give us a, give us a room. Have, a I mean, nice have, have room. branching paths, maybe. Yeah. Have, have doors leading elsewhere. Have a nice size room. Like the original Tardis had that. And Matt's first one was um, like that, and it looked really cool. Yeah, but uh, and then for the central console, go something a bit more steampunky, like the Eighth Doctor style Tardis, and I like. Yeah. I like the um, the teeth of the time rotor coming together. That yeah, nice. that did look really good. Yeah, as opposed to it just going up and down, but then meeting in the middle, and uh, meeting in the middle, still blue and glowy, meeting in the middle, and with a bit of rotation. Matt's undulating like his hands to the straight point, and it just looks like he's, he's, he's kneading dough. I am kneading dough in midair. So yeah, that's that's my. That's I'm always my, kneading uh, dough. That's my Tardis interior, warm wood, steampunky console, homely library esque feeling, because it's so juxtaposition to what it actually is, but. Because it's a time machine, but then when you get down to it, it's also his home. Yeah, and it's the Jules Verne thing, yeah, like that kind of style, very much. Yeah, that, which like brings yeah. back, especially especially because she's in um, like sort that of, being said, she, though, she's, she's in quite modern clothes. Yeah, it would be a fun juxtaposition to have a Doctor in you know the, the Edwardian Victorian style room in modern in, yeah. stuff. It would be a nice little hang on that doesn't fit, and yeah. But it's like she's too attached to it because in her previous lives he was really fond of it. So it's like, yeah. fuck it, I love it. You know what I mean? That'd um, be fun. Do you think all three of the new companions will still be alive and or in the TARDIS in Series 12? I hope so. In other words, does Chris Chib- Chibnall have substantial balls enough to kill off a new companion in their first series? And is that something you would like to see? I don't think it's a question of having, question of having balls because killing the companion off has now become a thing. Yeah. And I don't want that. If it serves the story it that to be you're that. Right, if, if it serves the story that you're writing that you kill the companion off, then mm. why not? But I have no particular desire to see a companion killed off, and I don't think it's no. a particularly ballsy move. I think it's just a death should be con- the death should be a constant in Doctor Who. It should be a constant threat, and it should be reinforced often to show that the threats are real. But that's why you have a new supporting cast every episode. Yes, that's why. So that is why. Them. So you don't kill off your main cast all the time. It works for shows like Game of Thrones where the whole thing is a survival of the fittest, last man standing sort of story. But Doctor Who isn't that. It's a story about exploration and daring do and adventure and death and life and all these things. Yeah. Like You should explore them with your cast. And the, the Moffat era... And, had, and, and have them experience it. The Moffat era had far too much death and resurrection. Yeah. It, it just ceased to mean anything. And it's like By the end of it, I was just like, I just don't care. I don't care. Death meant nothing in Doctor Who because there the are end. no stakes. There, there are no stakes whatsoever. Or chips. Or chips. Steak and chips. Steak and chips. Um, uh, corn steak tonight. Anyway, um, how is corn steak? I don't know. I'm going to find out. Oh, is it first time? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like corn mince though. So okay. I'm okay with corn um, mince. I like it in bolognese. Yeah. It's bolognese. Yeah. It's ground up. And, mm. Could you briefly? Briefly, yeah. go through all ten series of Doctor Who 2005 and give percentage value for the amount of that particular series that you like. Each series includes that year's Christmas special, and let's say series four includes 2009 specials. E.g., after calculating my percentage value for series three, it turns out I like 64% of it, which is surprising because it's my favourite series. When I say briefly, I understand this might be quite a long question yeah. to answer, especially yeah. if you were to do it accurately with all the calculations. I hope you have the most beautiful of weeks, Tom Monty. Tom, sorry, who? Tom Monty. You can't do that briefly, You've Tom. gone mad, haven't you, Tom? You've gone insane, Tom. You've actually gone mad. You've been storing up these emails have so we, long have you've we, gone nuts. Have we got, we've now got to assign a percentage 
uh, value to our enjoyment of each series of Doctor Who. Tom, we'll get you the help you need. Okay, okay. But for free. Here so we're, gonna we're go. just going to read a Wikipedia article. Here we're going to go. Series one, Christopher Eccleston's first season, 95%. 100%. 100%. Fantastic. 100%. Fantastic. Series two, David Tennant, 100%. Fantastic. 90%. 90%. 90%. Yeah, your sticking point? Um, just the uh, fear her. And also, uh, the the sappy stuff does serve a purpose. Oh shit, Love and Monsters is in season two. Thirty percent. Oh, it does. <laughs> the, the sappy stuff does. The sappy stuff does serve a purpose by the impact of the series end, but it's it's uh, not quite as solid as series one. There you go. <laughs> Cox. Um, series three. Series three. Seventy-five percent. Ninety percent again. Don't like Martha. 90%. I like Martha. Don't I don't like think Freeman Radjaman's performance is particularly worthy of the character's arc by that point in her career. But I like the character's think, arc a lot. I think I might be the other way around, you know. I think I might be like... I think I might prefer Freeman Radjaman as an actor, but not like Martha as a character. Oh, interesting. I think it might be that way around. I like her as an actor, but I don't think she was as good in Doctor Who as she is um, now. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. a stronger performer now. Yeah. Well, aren't we all? Um, <laughs> series 4. Gillette! <laughs> Series four and the two thousand and nine specials. Um, oh, if we count the two thousand nine specials, hundred percent, eighty one percent. Oh, hang on, ninety five percent because Planet of the Dead's in there. Planet of the Dead's fine. No, it's not. It's rubbish. Um, but Waters of Mars is in there. Water of Mars is in there. Spectacular. And End of Time is excellent fine. event television. Yeah, it's fine for what it is. Um, and also. 81% is literally just an arbitrary percentage that I assigned in it compared to my relative entertainment value. We're all going to die one day. And None not, of this matters. I'm not calculating to specific percentages for how many episodes of Doctor Who I enjoy per season because I'm going to die one day and I'll never get that time back. Um, that being said, season five. That being said, season five. Uh, 100%. 90%. I love season five. Uh, um, yeah, maybe I, I do love, love it. season five. I love it, love it, love it. I love need it, to rewatch it. it. It's been so long since I've rewatched it. Um, I yeah. love it, 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 love it. Season six, about seventy-five percent. About yeah, seventy percent. It's season... where I started to fall out of love with the modern show. Season seven, about seventy uh, percent. About sixty-three. Yeah. Oh, series seven. Yeah, series seven. Uh, That's the first half of it is Amy and Rory, and then yeah, the second half of it is Clara. Clara. Uh, so we'll count Day of the Doctor and Time of the Doctor separately. Season then, as, as, as an item, yeah. we'll count them separately. Is that Day of the Doctor and Time of the Doctor? Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Series eight. Sixty. Sixty percent. Sixty percent. Series yeah. nine. Thirty percent. Yeah. If, if that. If that. I didn't even see all of season nine. Series, I didn't even series ten. It all. 50%. Yeah, 50, 50, maybe 55. Yeah. Um, there you go. It was generally better. There you go, folks. That, that's a completely arbitrary percentages for you. Because um, we're gonna die one day, but in the meantime, here's not all. This one comes in from James, and uh, I have a request to read it in the voice of DC Harry Bat from Dick and Dom in, in the, the bungalow. bungalow. Detective Inspector if Harry you, Bat, if you know who he is. Northern Geordie Copper. Alternatively, you can do it in your normal voice and have the whole thing sound rather stupid. It's been mostly written in with Harry Bat's voice in mind. Up to you. Do right. you want to read it as Harry Bat? Uh, or do you want to at least give us a near body move? So he's he's Geordie, is he? He's a Geordie cop. He's played by Ian Kirkby. Bloody funny right. character. 
Uh, so I just have to keep Big thinking. handlebore moustache. I'm keep, I have to think. Long curtain hair. I have to keep thinking. Beautiful locks. I am, in fact, Brian Johnson, former singer of ACDC. Ooh, before being I in wouldn't ACDC, be surprised if that was part was of the impression. in fact, part of the impression. In a band called Geordie. <laughs> he was. Go as long as you feel you can. Nay, buddy, move you two. You're both Nick and you're coming with me down the station for a bit of interrogation. Right. I should hope so too. I've been meaning to send this email for about two months now. No. No, no. <laughs> two months now. I got to see that lovely man who has double the amount of blood in his body, Michael Ball, in the recent production of Chess at the London Coliseum, which was produced by that pesky bugger, Michael Grade. Oh. It was absolutely spectacular. Oh. Despite Mr. Grade's involvement, I only hold his cancellation against him. I'm sure he's really a lovely man. I think it might be my favourite musical, although I have a great love for guys and dolls. So we shall see. <laughs> They're going to fight. Get the casts to fight. What I want to know is, do you know chess? And if so, what do you think about it? I've always wanted to know what you mean when you say, Oh, meats! Is it like saying, something's good? I always end up laughing along with you anyway and saying it myself, so I assume that's what you mean. Oh, God! I'm in France for the next three and a bit months on a paid internship, so it doesn't look like I'm going to see... Ant-Man and Wasp anytime soon unless I go see it in French. So was my prediction about the post credit scene with Scott and his daughter and Hope and her parents being connected to Infinity War correct in the slightest? And finally, have you considered doing more film commentaries as that amazing Spider-Man 2 one was great and we need more, possibly when Chris does more panto and you need to fill a week. Oh, and one last thing. London 1965! You're on the clock. If you answer all my questions, I'll let you go free from Addy Bats. I mean, James. Thanks, Jesus, James. Exhausting. Near um, body move. Near body move. Harry um, Bat is one of the greatest characters in children's television. Criminally under um, appreciated. He is truly a Chris, work of art. The musical. Oh, and uh, he also sent us a follow-up email to just just to clarify the London 1965 was in reference to the recent Five Who fan sketch, not in fact the Twitch stream meme. But but the five who fans sketch was a reference to to, to the mix. So, oh my god, I've gone cross-eyed. Um, We're so scared, so alone, and frightened of dying that to talk to actually talk to people. Um, um, uh, so I love yes, sketch. I love the quack in it. It gets tell me, really annoyed. Tell me about chess. I've never seen chess. I've never seen chess. I'm familiar with some of the songs. I'm aware of the music of chess. I have it's, parodied um, the music of chess in a sketch with Hacker. Um, yes. Right down to us looking through bloody window frames and everything. Because um, it wasn't one of the songs released as a single by an artist at one point. What's like the big song from chess? Like, what's the um, bigger? The one I always used to hear was the was the duet with the, uh, the two women, which is... Hmm. Um, uh, oh god! Uh, oh god! I've got it at the tip of my tongue. It's not I know right. him so well. I know him so well. Yeah. Hacker and I, yeah, because the version of that was released as a music video, and there's that thing with like the windows, the frames mm-hmm. floating there, and black. Hacker and I filmed a parody of that once in a sketch, yeah. just because the, the the thing was hinting towards us having like a 
a, a theatrical background that was never explored Ooh. and um it was also because like the producer at the time just really liked the idea of seeing us parody that music video in a way that only the parents would appreciate we were like fair enough let's do it um <laughs> I know him so well. I um, know him so well. Wasn't it good? Wasn't it fun? Wasn't he good? Wasn't it mad? Oh, so he good. Good. Wasn't he fine? Oh, so fine. Wasn't it? That's a deep, that la- deep voice lady. He should be he mine. Um, um, <laughs> it's fine. I'm not in love with it. Yeah. It's got a couple of songs in it, but I'm it, not. It is it. one of those musicals again that I'd like to see and tick off the list of. Oh, one of the biggies. I've seen it now. Oh yes. Um, but I do think you should get the casts of your favorite musicals to fight each other to yes. the death to yes. decide which is superior. Especially Michael Ball because he's got twice the amount of blood in his body as a regular person. Not many person. people knew. Not many people that, know you know? that. Uh, um, um, he uh, what do you call it? Ant Man prediction. Uh, yes, won't go into any more specifics, but sort uh, of sort right. Of. Not necessarily the right people. Sort of, but it is definitely an Infinity um, War tie-in. Tell me, Don Miguel. Can we tell the story of who meets? I don't think there is a story. No, because I ruined the majesty. I'll, I'll okay. tell you this though. Uh, it's a joyous thing. Ooh, meets. meets. <laughs> there we go. Um. Oh God. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on the paid internship. There's not many of... That's pretty got, cool. Unpaid internships are far more common. And in France, so uh, enjoy that. Oh, yeah. um, oh God, not, no. Why not go and see the um, uh, the the Ant-Man and the Wasp in the French? L'Ant-Man um, du Wasp. Uh, no, 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 no. Such is life. Or as the French say, such is life. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. That's a, stole, um, that's a stolen joke. From Canadian is, comic Stuart Francis. It is a stolen joke, but <laughs> it's a good joke. So well done. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. You can, it can be yours for as little as free. Um, he's got. He's got. He's, he's one of those one-liner comedians who's absolutely brilliant. Uh, you've ever seen Stuart Francis, tall Canadian guy, not in person, quite quiet. No. He did. He did mock the week a few times over the years. Um, really funny. He's, he's, he's like sort of Tim Vine, sort of just like one-liner. You know. Like one of them is, my uncle is a hypnotist who has never inappropriately touched me. <laughs> it's, a great line. it's a great line. He's got some brilliant ones. Um, anyway, but yeah, so uh, go watch it in French, mate. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, why not? It'll be fun. Uh, more movie commentary. We should. We did the InVision commentary for Amazing Spider-Man 2. It is a fun one. Um, I and because we can watch things on the PS4, we can very easily just plug headphones yes. in and avoid copyright issues. I. I've so many plans for content, and neither the time nor the money to realise them a lot of the time. So we're always working on stuff, and we'll get it out to you when we can. But we just we've got to keep our heads above water, mm. so that slows us down. We've got to live, a lot. folks. We've got to live. live. I just want to live. I just want to live. What's really sad there is that was very telling of our musical knowledge mm. that we went for the two very different songs with those lyrics. And I think you win. Mine was pathetic. <laughs> I rock a lawsuit when I'm going to court and a black suit when I'm in a white suit and I'm getting divorced and a black suit at the funeral home and my birthday suit when I'm home alone. Listen, it's my life. It's now or never and I ain't going to live forever. I just want to make internet content for no money while I'm alive. Anyways, oh God. if you want to see more of our non-existent internet content for no money, then you can, of course... Look us up on YouTube, follow us at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, and also tweet us messages should you have them. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, then bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Obviously, twitch.tv forward slash 
or backslash, no, the forward slash, forward one. Uh, big, big damn stream for uh, regular streams. I'm currently playing through Mad Max, and I've also got a PlayStation exclusive from Insomniac Games lined up coming soon. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, it will surprise you. Um, Dirt. Uh, and I will, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see you soon. Yeah, but till then. Think on this. If a tree falls in the forest and no one is around, who's going to pick up that tree? <laughs> Just lying there. Someone might trip. <laughs> <laughs>